Everybody, uh, welcome to an episode of a podcast. We have a, a topic today. Can you believe it? Um, thanks to any of you who may have also helped fund Kadida that we talked about last time. Um, I'm not sure if anyone did or not, but I think they reached their goal. So, if you did, thank you so much. Let's just assume that this is what we call the helpful snowman boost. Uh, that everybody's heard so much about. Well, today, <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> some books that we found online. Uh, and I'm I'm using the term fairly lightly uh, because, uh, boy, there are, there are some, uh, there are some real, what, what, is, what am I trying to say? We should probably just get into there, into them, um, because uh, woof. You know, some of these are some of these are challenging. Some of these are uh, weird. Um, well, all of them are weird. <laughs> let's start. Let's just you know. I guess we should just go for it. Um, and then kind of see what happens, right? Because, uh, you know, uh, what else can you do? Let's just start, let's start with something fairly tame. This is a book called Dissolve in the Rain by Hannah Zollers. Uh, here's the uh, description. All that Rain ever wanted was to be away from her abusive parents. She didn't realize that meant learning things about her past that she never imagined. Starting at Carlanta's School of Witchcraft and Wizardry was a dream come true for Rain. She could do magic. She was away from her parents, and she was one of the most popular girls in school. But her wonderful life would take a few disturbing turns, leading her back into the past. She would find out the truth about her parents and who she really is. With the help of a couple friends and the betrayal of another, she sets out to fulfill her destiny. Now, that may sound vaguely familiar to some of you. Uh, and let's take a look at, uh, you know, I'm just going to scroll down here a little bit. Um, first review, Jesus H. Flipping Plagiarism. Oh, by the way, let's rewind briefly. Um, I've decided that, you know, I want some adventure in my life. And, uh, I take the word adventure very lightly. So, uh, if you listen to this episode and... You think one of these is worth me taking a deeper dive? Uh, anyone who listens can just send me an email, helpfulsnowman at gmail.com, and tell me which of these books you think I should read. And if I get more than one request to read the same book, uh, I'll do it. So that's all it takes is more than one for the same book. If I get... Multiple requests to read different books. Uh, we'll work something else out. Okay. Jesus H. Flipping Plagiarism. 
Uh, I was actually decent friends with the author when this book was released, and when I asked how she could publish or for attempted profit, something so obviously ripped off from Harry Potter, she responded with, well, I have to start somewhere, don't I? On top of this, both of her parents were professors at her school. Her mother taught English and apparently had no problem with her daughter doing this. They even scheduled book sighting, for Christ's sake. Trying to force my way through this monstrosity actually ended the friendship by destroying all respect I had for Hannah Zollers. Hopefully this adds some perspective to the rest of the review and I won't just be written off as a, quote, hater. I mean, you do sound a little hateful, Cosmic Coble, to be honest. Like, I've written some pretty terrible books. But I have I've yet to end a friendship via any of these. I should just start telling people, though. Oh, what happened? You and this guy used to hang out a lot. Oh, yeah, well, I wrote this book and it ended our friendship. Was it about your friend? Oh, not at all. It just was a, an issue of quality being so low that my friend could not tolerate it. Um, it's been many years since I attempted to read this book. The only parts I distinctly remember were the ogres who ran the bank, mungos or something like that, a train going to Carlanta School of Yada Yada leaving from platform 13th and, and 7 eighths or so, abusive guardians and lines ripped straight from the Harry Potter series. Um, I've been, I'm torn between being glad that I've forgotten as much of this book as I have and being annoyed that I can't give a thorough and detailed review. Uh, you know. I also strongly suspect the two five-star reviews were written by her parents. Uh, the writing style of the reviews just reminds me of when I had her mother as my English professor. Of course, I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Um, she was 15 or 16 when this book was published. So, I mean, here's the thing. This was published in 2008. This review was written in 2016. So, eight years later, so she was 16, so she'd be 24. That's math. Um, so, you know, assuming Cosmic Cobol is about the same age, which I assume, Cosmic, you do seem a little, uh, vindictive. You seem like, you do kind of seem like a hater. I mean, like, if my kid wrote what was basically Harry Potter fanfic and was like, I'm gonna sell this online, I'd be like, eh, it's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh... There's another one. To the speculation that I wrote the first review, I must say it wasn't me. This is a five-star review. I am a fellow intimate of Hannah Zoller's at Patrick Henry Community College, and I'm proud to count her as one of my friends. From that, this is a, a new review. Did I say that? You may assume that I write this analysis without careful consideration. If you did, you would also be wrong. In fact, if anything, my knowledge of Hannah and her abilities would make me hold her to an unjustified standard of perfection. I am known more for my scathing rebukes, not my compliments. Nonetheless, despite my initial predilection to criticism, Hannah has done a good job with her work. Is this the one that uh, they think is written by an English teacher? Because boy. For the audience she intended to reach, primarily girls ages 18 to 8 to 17, she conveyed her thoughts excellently. As the previous reviewer indicated, this group may identify elements with the scary maturation experienced by that <laughs> set. I'm certain that Hannah will one day be a prominent author. Even though she's only 15, I can see her promise in several passages. Um, oh, this is also another person who knows her. I mean, P.S. Did you intend Rain turning into a werewolf to be a metaphor for coming of age? So she turns into a werewolf, huh? 
So that's Dissolve in the Rain by Hannah Zollers. Um, I hope you don't pick that one, although it is only 144 pages, so that's pretty quick. I feel, um, you know, the thing is, this one wouldn't be that fun for me because it was written by a fucking 15-year-old. You know what I mean? A 15-year-old, I, my personal opinion, a 15-year-old writing any kind of book, uh, plagiarism or no, is pretty impressive. You know what I mean? Like, just to have the stick to as we say, to get that job done, that's pretty good. I approve, I'm Pete and I approve this message. You know, and I don't know, I don't really want to shit on a 15-year-old who wrote a book, because, I mean, you know, whatever. This would be, this would just feel very different to me if this person was 40. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's move on to the next one. Let's just ramp this up quite a bit. Uh, this is a book called I Am Not Your uh, N-Word, but not the worst N-Word, the second worst N-Word. I Am Not Your N-Word, colon, Adolf Hitler. So just to be clear, this is probably clear, but just to be clear, I Am Not Your N-Word is not the title. It is I Am Not Your and then the word, colon, Adolf Hitler. And it's got the, the phrase, I am not your N-word. And then a picture of Adolf Hitler's face. And then Dead Writers Club below, which is, I guess, the author. How did Adolf Hitler and his... This is from Amazon. How did Adolf Hitler and his ideological ilk launch our world's modern police state? Um, all right. That seems like a valid question. Discover how the military salute was the origin of the Nazi salute. Learn how the USA's Pledge of Allegiance made it happen. See photos of swastikas worn by American soldiers in the military before Hitler. The old media recycle stereotypes about Hitler. Why do people who hate Hitler glorify his dogma globally? The new media perpetuate the same stereotypes. Adolf Hitler is the scapegoat for today's authoritarianism. What? Um, more stuff about the pledge. Uh, discover the parallel lives of Lenin, Stalin, Mao, and Hitler, born 1870, 78, 89, and 93, respectively. Hitler became the black sheep of the political movement he championed. He was the scapegoat for Stalin, Mao, and all socialists who blame Hitler, Nazi Nazism, and fascism. Was Hitler a political transvestite? What? This sounds like something my dad wrote to be honest. Like, it's just fucking crazy. Okay, the Dead Writers Club, mind Professor Rex Curry's published and unpublished oeuvre, selecting passages from his essays, letters, notes, and interviews that are every bit as incisive and pertinent now as they have ever been. Weaving these texts together, Dead Writers Club brilliantly imagines the book that Dr. Curry never wrote. Uh-oh. DWC's publication, or I'm sorry, Dr. Curry is an unlikely angel of hope during one of history's darkest hours. Oh, this was written in 2017, so, uh, yikers. If only you knew. The result is a radical, up-to-the-minute examination of authoritarianism in America and worldwide with a flood of rich archival material. Uh, I Am Your N-Word is a journey into global persecution that contrasts the past of the individual rights movement to the present of the modern police state. This book questions the presentation of liberty in Hollywood and beyond. Okay. Um, this is great, by the way. There's a, there's a quote. Buy this book while it's legal. Rex rocks. The Asthmatic Cat Foundation? Is that like a thing? 
I can't tell if this is a big joke or what. Asthmatic Cat Foundation. Nothing comes up when I Google that. This must be a joke, right? This has to be. I'm not sure. It's fucking 414 pages, by the way. I mean, holy crap. Oh, it's a, a, a book a group based in Florida, if you can believe that. <laughs> um, by the way, there's also Ian Tinney was like the editor. Uh, his socialist slave number is 2620063302. <laughs> He's the uh, world's top authority on the world's dumbest criminals. What the fuck? This is amazing. Uh, there's a one five-star review from someone named D. Let's just say my social media banned me for sharing content from this book. That lets you know you have to read it. Easy read and brilliantly removing the veil. <laughs> I'm not sure what this has to do... I'm not sure how the title connects here exactly. Oh my god. Also on the back uh, cover, the O's in the title are replaced with Hitler faces. <laughs> One of the worst, worst fonts to ever hit uh, uh, defont.com. You know, Hitler's face uh, comically replaces all the, the uh, O's in this font. Oh, okay. That sounds great. All right, let's see what we've got next. Maradonia and the Seven Bridges. Is this about Argentinian soccer? No. The Maradonia saga starts as an everyday story. A girl called Maya and a boy called Joey found a mysterious place in a forbidden area which opened the way to a world between the worlds Maradonia. The land of Maradonia. When, with their arrival in Maradonia, a prophecy is fulfilled. Overnight, their simple life in the small city of Oceanside has changed completely, and they are thrust into a strange and perilous world. A world filled with magic and power. Oh my god, I just skipped ahead and saw this is 810 pages. <laughs> oh my god. This is part one. Mystery, murder, deceit, revenge, conspiracy, theft, but also faith, faith, knowledge, wisdom, passion percolate in this thriller, and it keeps the reader on the edge of their seat. Can Maya and Joey take up the mantle of the prophecy? What prophecy? Can they conquer the seven bridges of tests and temptations? Maybe? Can they change the future of Maradonia? The fate of the legendary kingdom of Maradonia rests in the hands of the encouragers. Is the final... <laughs> Uh, I might take a second swipe at that name if it was me. You know what I mean? They're like, what should we call our group? How about the Encouragers? Eh, you know. I, it's not the worst, but I mean, I, I think we could do better. Um, the fate of the legendary kingdom of Maradonia rests in the hands of the Encouragers. Is the final battle between the armies of light and darkness unavoidable when the teenagers secure the key to the underworld and the rulers of the empire of evil are unable to enter their own kingdom. This is just like, I put Lord of the Rings in a fucking blender, blended it up, and then slapped it on a poster. It's like, this is all the things. Um, well, here's a very long review. Should we take a look? From Mark Dark Reader of the Woods on Goodreads. None of it is the author's fault. You can't blame her for any of it. Not for the constant run-on sentences, not for the horribly artificial, stiff, and repetitive dialogue that is nothing but exposition. 
not for the countless word errors, not for the incredibly stupid storyline filled with laughably stupid events, not for the awful uninspired place and person names, not for the uninspired biblical and narnial inserts, not for the completely wrong paragraph formatting, definitely not for the inexplicable abuse of ellipses, so many ellipses, and not for the bizarre use of scare quotes throughout the book for things like names of people and places and any expression that seems to indicate the author didn't know quite how to express the thing. And for some reason, awe, always awe, no one ever feels awe but only, quote, awe. Not for the decision to print this in the largest type you've ever seen in order to bloat the page count. Take a look next to the other book for children. Okay. Well, that, I guess, explains why it's 810 pages. But I'm not sure why you would bloat a book to 810 pages. You can't blame the book. You can't blame the author for this, for that. Um, okay. Here we go. Classic passages like this one in which the main characters are breaking mermaids out of captivity in the Big Bad's lair. The mermaids had brought a lot of water into the room, but also a lot of excitement. Maya and Joey had to calm them down, especially Marabu, who was talking like a waterfall and could not stop. Maya became angry with her and said, Marabu, stop talking. You have the diarrhea of words. You have to listen very carefully to us because this is a difficult mission and not an entertainment trip. How exciting, Marabu said, but she didn't stop talking. Queen Aquamarisha had to hit her finally with the flat hand on her cheek. Joey laughed and said, bitch laugh. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, obviously fake publicity photos on best of this on bestseller racks. Uh, you can't blame the author for the Maradonia movie. That's right, there's a movie. One year's in the making, and the thing, thing that finally sunk the Tesh would-be empire. Uh, Gloria Tesh is the author. I've watched all one hour, 40 minutes of it, and can authoritatively say there's not a single two minutes of it that make a lick of sense or shows an ounce of talent or awareness by anyone involved. She's not to blame for any of it because she was a child throughout the extended affair. Aha. By all account, blame the parents who, as legend goes, saw in this child their ticket to fortune and started homeschooling. Home, because they only lived in a house by the grace of serial bureaucratic abuses conducted by both parents to repeatedly defer foreclosure after they failed to ever make a single mortgage payment and schooling because, well, obviously, so she could write full time. And right she did. Despite the artificially inflated page count, I estimate this paper brick at 140,000 words. And she ended up producing three of them. Um, wow. I blame the father most. Gunter Gary Tesh was by all appearances a serial con man and narcissist who possibly has never read a book or seen a movie, yet felt qualified to make both of those things with some expectation of success. He's dead now, but before that, he was the driving force behind promoting the hell out of his daughter and the Maradonia franchise. All right. Mom helped too, but seemingly to a lesser extent. Whew. Well, this is this sound this is an amazing backstory. Again, though, I do, yeah. I kind of agree with this person in in like, you can't really blame, you know, a child whose parents were like, let's take you out of school, write a novel, we'll make a move. Like, of course, if you're fucking 10 years old and your parents were like, what if you wrote a book and then we made a movie out of it? You'd be like, yeah, that sounds great. And you're like, I don't know, maybe this is a thing people do. 
And then as an adult, you're like, this is not a thing people do, and there are many reasons for it. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Now here's here's the first one that I would like to consider reading. Um, the cover has a terrible design. It's just kind of words. Uh, and I'm going to read it exactly as it is here. How to goodbye depression, colon. If you constrict anus 100 times every day, malarkey or effective way? <laughs> um, I think constricting anus 100 times and denting navel 100 times in succession every day is effective to goodbye depression and take back youth. You can do it so at a boring meeting or in a subway. I have known a 70-year-old man who has practiced it for 20 years. As a result, he has a good complexion and has grown 20 years younger. His eyes sparkle. He is full of vigor, happiness, and joy. He has neither complained nor borne a grudge under any circumstances. Furthermore, he can make a four hashtag three times in a succession without drawing out. I'm going to... Uh, he can make... Sex? Come? None, all those are three letters. Oh, whatever. In addition, he also can have burned a strong, beautiful fire within his abdomen. Okay. It can burn out the dirty stickiness of his body. Release his immaterial fiber, or third attention, which has been confined to his stickiness. What? Then he can shoot out his <laughs> Then he can shoot out his immaterial fiber, or third attention to an object, concentrate on it, and attain happy, lucky feeling through the success of concentration. If you don't know concentration, which gives you peculiar pleasure, your life looks like hell. <laughs> Period. The end. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think I would not be depressed if I constricted my anus 100 times every day, but, um, you know, I, how depressed do you have to be to be willing to try? Now, again, this is 252 pages, which seems a little lengthy, uh, but, you know, let's just see, uh, Somebody just says, I'll answer the question. Malarkey, not effective way. Here's a three-star review, which, uh, well, okay. Anal constrictions are where it's at. I want to share the first paragraph with you all. It is a seven with a rocket. I don't know what that means. I think it is effective to cure, or this is the first paragraph. I think it is effective to cure, prevent depression, and become happy, healthy, efficient that you, one, constrict anus 100 times in succession and dent navel 100 times in succession after constricting anus 100 times in succession every day following the lifestyle of long-lived British as possible. Two, sometimes turn to bay throwing away pride, welcome a insult, or fall into the hell voluntarily, or occupy your time with something else anything would do. Three, enjoy taking advantage of a petty tyrant to temper yourself. Four, do three-week fasting and excrete a bucket full of old black solid excrement, which has stuck to your small intestine for long years. Five, reduce the frequency of sex or masturbation to less than half if possible. Six, rotate your energetic vortex of your body. Wow. Wow. Uh... Oh, also, this person <laughs> hit a spoiler. Let's see what the spoiler is. I was just on holiday in the Bahamas and got the runs. I wonder if these anal constrictions <laughs> would have helped with that. 
I mean, not having to be within 10 yards of a loo. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not sure that that's a spoiler for this book, but okay. Spoiled your vacation spoiler. That makes sense. All right. Now we've got a series of three because I felt that all three of these kind of go together. The first one is called Slut Nurse by Maria Clarkson. And uh, it has an amazing cover. It's a picture of a... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say a guy in who's not... Not unfit, but not fit. Uh, who clearly has MS painted on shorts. Which I guess I'm not sure where his penis is right now. Maybe it's not a guy. I don't know. It's topless, and it is on the Kindle store. Um, you can't see the his face really, but yeah, he has MS painted on shorts, little shorts, and uh, he's following a nurse who you mostly can't see into a closet. And I will read all the text from the cover: Demon or angel of sex, slut nurse Maria Clarkson. Did Thomas found the hospital of sex or this hospital full of slut nurse? <laughs> it says the language is English. I think that's questionable. Mr. Thomas received some bad injuries. He need to go to nearest hospital. This hospital different from other hospital. This hospital full of slut nurse. The nurse found out something about Mr. Thomas Cock. What the slut nurse want to do? <laughs> it's 23 pages. There are unfortunately no reviews, so there's not much I can do here. Uh, the next Maria Clarkson is Mr. Magician. I'll read the cover again. Only one man can satisfy her, Maria Clarkson. Mr. Magician, may I try an experiment with you? Uh, only one can satisfy her sex desire. Uh, I find very amusing about this. It's like... Explore these other romance books. And there's like Connie Willis books. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But here's probably my favorite. Haunted Portrait by Maria Clarkson. Um, I will read the cover and then describe it to you. Haunted Portrait. The portrait of his, the, that haunted his incarnation in the future. This is all written in a very Wolfenstein Nazi looking font. There's a picture of a guy um, who looks like maybe a character from a PlayStation 1 game uh, with just sort of a weird dead-eyed expression. And at the bottom, it just says MFR. I have no idea what that means. Oh, MFK Publishing. Okay. So that's an MFK, I guess. Um, here's the description. Mr. Draco have found something that make him terrified. His friend and family think him paranoid and over-obsess about that, but the evident that he found turn his life. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Now we've got one called Celebrity uh, by James Nolan. This cover has a bunch of celebrity faces on it that are, you know, badly cropped out of pictures. And it makes it sort of look like their heads are cut off, but I mean, they still look very much alive. Uh, let's go to the description. Mike Johnson, a veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan, has returned home to Los Angeles. 
Suffering from a severe case of PTSD, he is unable to find work in law enforcement, so he has to settle for a job with a security agency that protects the rich and famous. He feigns an interest in developing contacts in the movie industry and becoming an actor to deflect questions regarding his psychological state. Uh, unfortunately for Mike, just as he begins his duties as Guardian of the Stars, a mysterious cannibalistic cult of celebrity stalkers embarks on a campaign of terror against them. Our protagonist finds himself powerless to protect his charges from the slaughter inflicted by a foe, even more ruthless and resourceful than those he faced overseas. As their brutal tactics erode what little is left of his damaged psyche, contempt for his decadent masters grows within him. Uh, here are some quotes. Made me seriously contemplate suicide. Okay. Here's one from Helmut Weissgruber. Uh, noch nie habe ich so etwas gelesen. Wenn, wenn I get mein hands on this bastard, I will make of him a girly man. Uh, and here's another one. I like to smoke some cocaine with this guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, here's a pretty long review that is four stars, highly inventive funhouse horror and Byzantine mystery. Um, and then the only other review is one star. Just couldn't bring myself to finish it. So somewhere between a highly inventive funhouse horror and Byzantine mystery and unfinishable book is celebrity. <laughs> um, okay. This one's kind of a weird one. This is by Nick Ro Rotaman. It's called Something Promised. Uh, dot, 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 dot. Parentheses. A woman only shows what she wants a man to see. End parentheses. Now, I'm going to describe the cover and then read you the description and then re-describe the cover. So the words on the cover say a police crime thriller. Thriller. She was a detective constable with a violent future ahead. Murder was not on her mind until revenge took control. Uh, the picture appears to be a clip art of a sort of computer-generated witch. Uh, maybe like if a brat's doll was dressed like a witch. And then here's the description. When DC Anna Inglis, stationed at Kingston-upon-Thames Police Station, is targeted and deliberately run over, her life appears over. Okay. Many months later, she returns to work with her old team as a civilian crime analyst, but in a wheelchair, having lost her left leg. When she finally remembers who maimed her, she's overwhelmed with the desire for revenge. Revenge leads to murder by accident and an escalating body count. Her life spirals out of control as she desperately attempts to cover her tracks, but the police are closing in. Can she outwit them and escape them? Uh, again... It's like an all-yellow cover, and the only image on it is a witch. <laughs> also, reading age, which, you know, I happen to know, you as the, uh, you know, person who who writes the book, you set the reading age, and uh, it says age one year and up. So, you know, up until age one probably wouldn't be appropriate. But after that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, be fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hang with me on this one for a minute. 
This is called My Sexual Submission to White Power, colon, the, diar- the Diary of an Ordinary Chinese Woman's Transformation from an Obedient Asian Wife to a Masochistic uh, C-Word for Chinese Person Slut. <laughs> That's the title. Supposedly by Claire Liu, L-I-U. I'm a 29 years old, slim, petite, well-educated Chinese woman. Even though I still look very young compared to other women of my age, especially compared to white women, biologically I'm approaching the peak of my sexuality. But I, oh, uh, I gotta tell you, the cover is just a woman's butt. I mean, that's basically all that's on the cover. Um, I'm approaching the peak of my sexuality, but I'm married to a worthless Chinese husband who can't fulfill me And every day and night, I fantasize of being sexually dominated by a real man, a white man. Whenever I fantasize about sex, it's inevitably a white man, always even in my dreams. I dream of a dirty old white man just stripping me naked, beating me, tying me up, whipping me mercilessly with his belt, and then use me brutally. Treat treat me like a dirty yellow cum dump. Good God. I can't help myself, and I really wish someone could help me fulfill my unfulfilled sexual desires that are burning me alive. Call me his C-word cum dump. His oriental meat urinal. Oh, my God. Uh, And for a long time, I had struggled with those bad, evil thoughts because they were unfeminist and unliberal. But then I thought, if I am really equal to men, I should never be ashamed... I should never be ashamed to admit those feelings because men have no problem with expressing their sexuality, so why should I? And men curse, yell, scream, and society is perfectly okay with that, but should I as a woman be held to a different standard? 89 pages, Kindle edition. (laughs) I love that it's like, at first I thought, boy, it would be anti-feminist for me to express this, and then I was like, no, this would be the ultimate feminism. Um... Something I really liked about this, though, the first review. The fact that this book exists is just amazing, given how the political correct culture of the state would just ban anything that deviates from the norm. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a First Amendment free speech kind of guy. But, you know, I don't think I would put this in the category of things that I'm like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> If we don't have First Amendment, this is going to get banned. This is the first thing to go. Because, you know, I, I I don't disagree. If someone feels that way, I guess it's fine. But, like, this seems like, you know, I don't know, throw it in a blog or something. Like, whatever. Eh. Who's, who's telling this person they can't uh, express these really weird things? I mean, I think it's weird. But whatever. Somebody else just says, the best book I've ever read. There's just a lot of reviews on here that along the lines of different and interesting perspective from the status quo. <laughs> Which, to be fair, probably is a little different from the status quo. I think this is a great example of like being different from the status quo isn't always a positive thing. <laughs> Okay, I tried not to do too many of these that are, like, you know, goofy romances, the type of a Chuck Tingle. But I did want to do this one called Kissing the Coronavirus. Um, She was supposed to cure the coronavirus. Instead, she fell in love with it. Dr. Alexa Ashingtonford. (laughs) Ah! 
Awesome. That is an awesome made up like billionaire doctor name. Alexa Ashingtonford. Ashingtonford Fordingham ending is a part of a crack team of scientists tasked with finding the cure to the devastating coronavirus. Little did she know she would end up falling in love with it in this steamy viral erotica. <laughs> Kissing the coronavirus is a steamy tale about forbidden love and dark desires come to life. <laughs> oh, man. Um, pretty awesome. I mean, 16 pages, so that's good. <laughs> oh, man. I just like that, too, because I'm like, I think I see where this is going. Like, on one hand, uh, on the most hand, the largest one hand, completely stupid, right? On the other hand, I'm like, oh, well, it does have at least a plot where you're like, okay, so she's supposed to cure the coronavirus, but what if she's in love with it? Curing it would mean killing it. So that's not going to work. You know, so what do you do? <laughs> okay. This is one I found called Sky Fighters and Houndy Crunchers. Uh, one evening, a boy and his mom leave a busy supermarket armed with bags of groceries. Their eagerness to get home is cut off by a low humming sound unlike any aircraft from Earth. Looking to the sky, they freeze as a massive submarine-shaped ship emerges from an overhead cloud bank. Uh, Ross Eberly, this is a little overly descriptive already. The craft pulsates with light and suddenly bombards the supermarket and surrounding parking lot with neon-red laser blasts. Frightened shoppers run, scream, drop groceries, and duck for cover. The assault continues amidst the shattering storefront glass, crumbling concrete walls, and shopping carts charred and flipped through the air like toys. Like, this is a good scene for a trailer, but then that seems like where it should end. Of course, this being a self-published book, does th do you think that's where it ends? As the boy and his mom cling together in terror, his mind reels with one question. Will he survive? Through a miraculous chain of events, however, they did survive. <laughs> All right. I mean, this is the thing, right? You should have asked the question in the first paragraph, but you didn't need to give me the answer. They survived. Oh, they did survive. The attack on the shopping center by these hostile extraterrestrials left him wondering for several years, who or what are these beings, and what do they have against us? One day, a few years later, the boy was contacted by a mysterious man from another planet who went by the name of Master Manticado. From this point <laughs> This is, okay. Fantasy and sci-fi. This is, like, just something I can't take seriously about it, because it's like, they have these fucking stupid names. From this point forward, the boy's life changes dramatically as he is recruited into an elite and powerful organization known as the Sky Fighters. Okay. Their mission, to take down the vicious python demons responsible for the attack on the innocent humans of Earth. The road to victory will be long and challenging, but one thing is certain. The Sky Fighters are determined to wipe out the python demons before they cause any more destruction. What is a houndy cruncher? Um, Okay. Well, Ross Eberly doesn't look like a child. Uh, here's how Ross Eberly's bio starts. Important note. All characters, images, details, published, and unpublished works of the Sky Fighters are copyright Ross Eberly. <laughs> All right. We'll just start with that. Um, boy. 
I mean, it just sounds weird. You know what I mean? It just sounds like this is a very weird one. What is a houndy cruncher? Um, okay. Any criticism, this is from a review, any criticism is strictly about the book, not the writer. But it becomes the challenging to maintain this separation when the book's main character has the same name as the author, first and last, and his mother has the same name as the author's mother, also first and last, and when the author's available biographical details exactly match the book's location and timeline. <laughs> With this degree of self-insertion, it becomes impossible for me not to think... The character's nicknames, Muggins and Hippie Muggins, were also the authors, and that his real mother's birthday is in fact September 10th, that he, like the character, was happy when his mother broke up with that moron Robert, and that he attended the exact schools and frequented the same shopping centers specified in the book. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, this sounds pretty excellent. It's like, this is one of those five-star, one-star books where everyone is either like, this is hilarious and amazing, or people are like, fuck it. Um, this is called Ride Sally Ride. Now, this has been rated 779 times. Uh, Ride Sally Ride, parentheses, sex rules, a novel. It's two decades in the future, and a Christian college student named Ace Hartwick has just destroyed his neighbor's so-called wife, which is actually a sex bot named Sally in a trash compactor. Soon, Ace will be on trial for murder. Unfortunately for Ace, everyone despises his kind of radical Christianity, and in the fragile America of the future, all the juries are fixed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can see where this is going. <laughs> so, this is a Christian fiction. Uh, it sounds, yeah, so let's just get this all straight. Uh, a neighbor destroyed his, or a guy destroyed his neighbor's so-called wife, which is actually a sex bot, and now he's on trial for murder, and the world has gone mad, because they're like, murdering a sex bot is wrong, and he's like, what about, you know, everything you're doing? Uh, this is someone named Jesse, who's an author. Woda House meets Brave New World meets That Hideous Strength. Some fun twists and turns. Five stars. Most of the reviews here are actually pretty good. Let's find the first bad one. I had a lot of issues with the way the world was presented. That will take a bit for me to communicate clearly, but I will say this. The writing was mostly telling, not showing, which aggravated me. Is that really what bothered you about this? Oh, all of the major events happened off camera and in less than a paragraph. There were also a lot of coincidences, which took me out of the world multiple times. Um, this actually doesn't sound like a negative review of the, like, story, but just, you know. Wow. Okay. Um, that's, that's Ride Sally Ride by Douglas Wilson. Uh, let's see what we've got next. Here's one called The Alien Abduction Survival Guide, How to Cope with Your E.T. Experience. Now, I think this is sincere, as far as I can tell. Uh, this guidebook, unlike other books about the abduction phenomena, is not merely a collection of scary stories whose purpose is to convince the reader that abduction events are real, nor is it a book channeled by some unseen force who claims to know everything about the aliens or even to be one. 
This is a guide written by an experienced alien abductee to help other abductees deal with the exceedingly unusual events of their lives. It is a practical look at the traumas faced by abduction experiencers providing tested solutions to these problems that really work. I'm very curious how you uh, test the solutions to this problem, but you know, I'm I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to bite. You know what I mean? I'm willing to take a look. Paperbacks available for five bucks. So you know, if you're going to go that way, all right. I will read the entire uh, title of this next one, and it has a big thing that kind of looks like a penis on the cover. Kim Kardashian was shooting a sex tape in the Bambi land when she confessed to Jessica Alba, quote, I want to write a play about Harry Bambilla inside a pleasure dome, end quote. Probably the strangest book you have ever opened in your life. This is something between a novel, a play, and a contemporary art. Somebody calls it abstract literature, but it's just part of the answer. You don't have to read the entire book. Feel it, experience it, and taste it like no other book. The book is written in the style of Nigel Tom's novel, The Blah Story, and probably it will blah your blah out of your mind. All right. Um, oh, by the way, the original title is as follows. Kim Kardashian in the Bambi Land confessed to Jessica Alba, quote, I want to write a play about Harry Bambilla inside a pleasure dome, end quote. Parentheses, she failed due to shopaholism, end parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> um, people seem very confusing. Uh, let's just see. This is MJ Nichols on Goodreads. Who is this self-mythologizing imp? Nigel Tom, the author, is a multimedia surrealist whose visual work seemingly consists of scrunched-up nude magazine shots with titles such as Nude Girls Shoot Sexy Girls in Teen Photos of Nude Bikini Lingerie Girl, and other traffic-heavy internet search terms and quasi-provocative riffs on digital culture. All online information on Mr. Tom seems to have been deliberately obfuscated, uh, except the fact that Tom is responsible for the longest English sentence, a sentence of 469,856 words found in a volume of The Blah Story, Tom's 23-book series of cut-and-paste embarrassments. One fact that seems completely concrete is that Nigel Tom is a first-class dolt of such extreme doltish magnitude. He almost puts the visionary genius 15 Peter 20 to shame. Hmm. Who's 15 Peter 20? Um, 23 book cycle, huh? That's, that is something. That is something. All right. That was a clip of something. All right. Next, we've got Empress Teresa. By Norman Boutin, uh, with a very badly painted lady pilot, military person on the cover, <laughs> who's wearing some kind of uniform, and it kind of looks like her boobs were painted on much later, because they're like a slightly different shade of blue from the rest of her uh, outfit. All right, here we go. There are... <laughs> The cover on this one is maybe my favorite so far. It's just like, yeah, this is giving me Charles Hinton vibes. There are a million romance, mystery, and modern angst novels, but there's only one book about a heroic teenage American girl winning against impossible odds and changing the world. Read five sample chapters here. Judge for yourself. With a link. 
This one-of-a-kind story is a great gift for a teenager. An 18-year-old girl gets enormous power over the whole world. What will she do with it? Description. Teresa is honest, courageous, brilliant, loved by everybody. Even China wants to wants her to take herself out of danger. Happily married, powerful but harmless, thoughtful of others' welfare, not just her own, a believer in God, and an inspiration to the young and old. She attacks impossible problems with everything she's got, and she never gives up. Those who challenge Teresa Hartley's powers are fools, says the Israeli Prime Minister. She could destroy the world. Don't mess around with Empress Teresa, says her husband, Steve. <laughs> what? Uh... Empress Teresa is what some people would consider impossible. A book about a good girl with no sex, foul language, or violence, but still giving the reader an action-filled, fascinating story. The book's introduction follows. What the fuck? What is the rest of this? What would you do with limitless power? We know what many people in the world would do. History is full of examples, but the world lucks out. It's Teresa who gets limitless power. 18-year-old Teresa only wants a quiet life when she's suddenly burdened with global responsibilities. She is challenged by a series of impossible problems. Especially tricky is the one that prompts her to complain, What am I supposed to do? Change the laws of physics? This is the most impossible problem yet. Can you guess the solutions before reading what Teresa does? Write a book about a decent girl and some critics will say every character must have serious flaws. I might have made Teresa another kind of personality, a less desirable and troubled kind of girl, which would satisfy certain critics. But then people would come at me with a noose, complaining, this was our only chance to see a super powerful girl in action and you messed up. Why didn't you give us a lovable, inspiring Teresa? I did, but I didn't overdo it. A girl as fine as Teresa can be found in any high school. You know one. Empress Teresa is a tribute to the common, decent human being who quietly, build, quietly builds the world but hasn't gotten enough attention lately. Norman Boutin, BS, BSN, DMD. <laughs> 418 pages, BT dubs. Wow. Whew, that's amazing. Um, let's see, do we have any reviews? <laughs> the actual first sentence is this I'm Teresa, the only child of Edward and Elizabeth Sullivan and I hope it's not bragging to say I was cute as heck at age 10 alright, well you know that's not the worst I, this is just such a crazy crazy premise but you know whatever uh, this one does kind of sound amazing but you know I, I could do that one. I think I could do that one. Okay, we're at our final, our final one, which I couldn't really find uh, how to purchase it online, but I can do some more. But if you go to DerekSavage.com slash BadBoy.htm, we get Bad Boy the Male Dancer by Derek Savage. The cover is nothing short of amazing. Um... It's got a, the top has a marquee with uh, the title. I just took a picture so I can put it on the website. Uh, the, the title, Bad Boy the Male Dancer, slides back and forth across the front. Uh, Bad Boy the Male Dancer appears to be a guy dressed in an Elvis costume. 
or maybe a Macho Man Randy Savage costume, uh, dancing on a very psychedelic-looking background. Here's a description. James Knight experiences another bad relationship, so his best friend dares him to enter a male dancer contest to cheer his spirits, which he does and actually wins a job at the club. <laughs> James immediately becomes enticed by the stripping world and wild atmosphere, and then he meets a beautiful lady and dives into a love affair, but reality crashes in as he experiences the darker side of the dancer world. But which does he choose, the love of a lady or the stripping life? Bad Boy puts you in the middle of the entertainment. You want something hot? Then read Bad Boy's first chapter. <laughs> uh, we're not going to read this whole thing because it's long AF, but we'll do a little bit here. It's called, it's The Second Coming, Chapter 1. The Second Coming is Coming, it says. The sun blazed in the sky as Brandon Summers drove swiftly down the street, racing over the asphalt with speed that shouldn't be present in this environment. What? Racing over the asphalt with speed that shouldn't be present in this environment. Okay. Once he realized how fast he was going, he gripped the steering wheel of his sports car and downshifted to a lower gear, slowing the auto to a safe speed. Nothing like an opening to a book that gives us the character's name, which I fucking hate when they put that in the opening sentence. But also, uh, you know it would be a good thing to do in the first two sentences? Really, literally put the brakes on things. Uh, slowing the auto to a safe speed. Then the most important element impacted his thoughts. Hydrogen? He quickly scanned the area to be sure no kids were playing in the street. That would be the worst thing he could imagine, to be hauling ass down a road, just caught up in the power of the engine rumbling so gracefully beneath his body and crash into a child. <laughs> Accident or not, Brandon knew it would be unforgivable, a black cloud of shame that would haunt his soul for eternity. After confirming the coast clear, he shook his head and realized he had to be more observant before cockiness or misfortune came back to haunt him. Glancing in the rearview mirror, he saw his own reflection staring back. A good-looking man... Oh, this is a great trick that people love. They're like, how do I describe this character, uh, you know, but make it like diegetic? So it's like part of the thing, right? If, you're, if your book is narrated in third person, you don't need him to look in a mirror to describe his looks to me. <laughs> if it's first person, you have to, or even close third, as we call it. You might say he looked in the mirror and noticed, you know, his uh, hair graying a little bit on the sides, but not bad. You know what I mean? Um he saw his own reflection staring back. A good-looking man in his early 30s with strong facial features. Early 30s tells me nothing. Strong facial features means nothing. Light-colored hair and gentle eyes that glistened with an array of hope. Most importantly, he saw a man that has a good heart. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. This is great. Um, something else that's pretty excellent about this, by the way. So this is Bad Boy the Male Dancer, a book about, uh, you know, male dancer. And below it, he's got novels and scripts. So there's The Second Coming. Oh, I guess we just read The Second Coming, huh? Uh, Bad Boy, Sweet Revenge, and then Self-Defense for All. And then we have in the center Derek Savage stuff. So we have Derek Savage, About Derek Savage, Contact. Then we have kids' books. Cool Cat, Best Buddies, Trolley Trout, Bible Birdie, and Cool Cat Saves the Kids. I mean, we should just look at Cool Cat, right? It's weird because it, this is Derek Savage. Okay, 
now I'm pretty sure that Derek Savage is the guy on the bad boy cover because there's a guy who looks suspiciously like him. Oh, here's Cool Cat Brand. Oh, you can save the, you can stream the movie on Amazon. Are you fucking serious? Or you can watch it on YouTube. Cool Cat saves the kids' director's cut. Uh, it's an anti-bullying movie. Can we turn on the sound? Ugly and your hair looks like rat hair. I just pumped her! And everyone thinks Cool Cat's so cool. So it's time to punk him. Cool Cat, the coolest guy. And where is Cool Cat? Oh my god, that's a Vivica A. Fox is in this movie. What the fuck? Oh, and Eric Estrada. Oh my god. Vivica A. Fox, you were in you were in Curb Your Enthusiasm. And then you're in this cool cat bullying movie. Oh my god, what happened to you? In 2022! Oh man. Oh my god. How is this possible? What have we fallen into? This makes me unhappy. Oh my god, there's merch. DVD is only $11.99. Soundtrack, only $9.99. There's clothes. Ooh, and there's Dirty Dog. Dirty Dog stars in the upcoming movie Cool Cat vs. Dirty Dog Unleashed. You can get a Cool Cat mask. Like, not a, not a COVID mask. Like a, uh, you know, Halloween mask. Oh my god, this is amazing. Well, um, okay, also, there's Derek Savage's self-defense for all. The world is getting crazy. When seconds count, the police are usually minutes away. It's up to you to protect yourself and your family. Guns, nice, knives, mace, karate, and CCW? Oh, concealed, con concealed weapons? Something? Oh, and there's a picture of Derek Savage. Derek Savage does sound like the name of somebody who would have, like, a self-defense thing, right? As opposed to someone who would do a movie about bullying or something. I want to see, see if we can read the first chapter of Bad Boy. Now I'm a little nervous. Like, maybe this is what uh, someone like this should do. Like, Derek Savage should be like, By the way, I know karate and have guns. So if you want to make fun of me on your little fucking podcast... Just putting that out there via this self-defense thing. As a gentle breeze blew over a sea of cars, James Knight was stuck in the morning downtown traffic. Uh, it's K-N-I-G-H-T, but having the word night and morning in the same sentence is not good. But he didn't care. He was enjoying the robust flavor of his morning coffee, and it tasted great. Then an automobile swerved in front of his car, forcing James to slam the brake pedal to avoid the accident. <gasps> Unfortunately, the sudden halt splashed hot coffee on his lap. Damn, he shrieked painfully. Oh, damn! Coffee was burning into his crotch, so he quickly put the cup on the console and grabbed a napkin to cool the area. After doing his best to clean his pants, he glanced in the rearview mirror. A beautiful sight came into view, which mellowed his anger to a fizzle. Snow-packed mountains were towering in the background, thrusting his thoughts to how wonderful a vacation sounded. Even a day off would be terrific. He hadn't taken one in such a long time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. Let's skip down a little bit. I saw I saw something a little bit more uh, salacious. Oh, I lost it. That's okay. You know what? It's not important. Well, all right. Derek Savage. 
And so, like, on his cool cat page, he's got all this cool cat saves the kids stuff and, you know, all these hoodies and whatever. But then also at the bottom, again, he's got uh, novels and scripts. Here's Bad Boy. Yeah, why don't you why don't you read Bad Boy the Male Dancer? All right, I'm trying to figure out what the order page is. This is order, but it's just to, oh, he does have COVID masks of Cool Cat. Cool Cat, Cool Cat loves you. Uh, self defense for all. Bible birdie. Maybe I can. Maybe I can. Uh, cool Cat books and eBooks are coming soon, so there is no book. What is this based on? A Derek Savage book is sizzling. How do I get to any of these? Well, you know what? You don't have to sit with me while I figure this out. Okay. I'm going to go back through these and give you the options that you can vote on. And I'm eliminating the ones that I think would be a waste of time. Because they don't sound crazy enough. Um, or for other reasons. All right. Empress Teresa. That's on the list. So that is one that if you want to uh, send that my, my way, we'll do it. Alien Abduction Survival Guide. That is on the list thoroughly. Um, Sky Fighters and Houndy Crunchers. Yep. You bet. Uh, my Sexual Submission to White Power. No. I'm going to say a no to that one. Just because, I, you know, I think I, I think I got the gist. I think the description was pretty clear. And, uh, you know. Something promised. Uh, eh, one year and up. That's the one with the witch on the cover that doesn't seem to have anything to do with the witch. I'm going to say no. Not because it sounds terrible, but because it sounds, uh, you know. The other ones seem a little bit more, like, uh, exciting and fun. Uh, celebrity. So this is the one about the guy who returns to the world and uh, you know kills celebrities. Um, sure, I'll go. I'll go with that. Celebrity is an option. Celebrity is on the table. Uh, let's see. Haunted Portrait by Maria Clarkson. Sure, that's on the table. She's the one who also did the sexy nurse and some other nonsense. How to goodbye depression if you constrict anus 100 times a day. In. I am your N-word. Dead Writers Club Hitler book. Uh, I'm going to take that one out because this just sounds like gobbledygook. And I'm not sure that it's not a joke. And finally, Dissolve in the Rain. The Harry Potter ripoff. That's off the list. Um, just because... You know, I'm not really into making fun of a book by like a 15 year old. That's a little, that's a little much for me. Uh, I'm not someone who's like, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm not somebody who's known for good taste or something. So, uh, but, uh, you know, just making fun of a 15 year old is just not as fun. I don't know what's going on with my uh, my setup here. Things have gotten a little out of control. But uh, anyway, those are your options. So feel free to vote for them. And uh, if something something successes and wins, then I will. Uh, I will, I'll do it. I'll read it. We'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll see you next time. You're not going to say it. Somebody should. Talk about two.